Welcome to Witchcrafted. I'm your host, Joshua Lancaster, and today's subject is the art of drag. Well, from the title, I guess you can guess that we're going to be talking about drag. Drag queens, my life as a drag queen, stuff like that. So, first of all, I want to kind of go back and talk about some queens that I fell in love with, because... That's how I got started in drag. You know, I always thought it was really weird men dressing up as women. I didn't really understand why they did it. I was like, if you want to transition, transition. But that's not what this was. The art of drag is a form of expression, a form of art. And it can be really cool. And my drag has changed over the years, along with the art of drag itself. You know, we've seen stuff on RuPaul's Drag Race and Dragula, which we're going to touch on in another episode. But we see all these things in pop culture. We're seeing kids getting read books by drag queens and stuff like that. And I think it's really cool. You know, drag was kind of like in the bar or at Pride. That was where drag was. And then RuPaul brought it to the screen to everyone at home. And now everybody knows what drag is. TikTok has, of course, been super open about drag queens and celebrating life and blah, blah, blah. So we get to see drag on so many different levels, and it's really, really cool. And I've been really fortunate to have a decent drag career. Now, am I a superstar? Absolutely not. And I don't think that I am. I'm not the best drag queen in the world. I have my faults, just like most queens do. Not all of us are going to be Chad Michaels, and that's okay. Not all of us are going to be Trixie and Katya and have that whip-fire joke status, you know? But they're still really cool queens, and they're people that I really enjoy. But I want to talk about the people that I've been exposed to personally. Now, let me talk about the first drag queen I'd ever met. On my 18th birthday, I decided to go to a bar called Play, and I looked up during a drag show, and I saw the coolest drag queen in the world, and her name was the punk funk fairy tale, The Princess. And honey, let me tell you, that queen could rock. She was just so hardcore and rock, and she wore this, like, black, uh, it was like a jumpsuit, and she was doing Lindsay Lohan's rumors. She was rocking it out, and I thought, wait, this can be drag too. I always saw drag as like very pageanty and very pretty and very polished. And I didn't think it could be like grimy and dirty. It wasn't one of those things. And later on that night, she came out with no hair on. Hello? I didn't think drag queens walked around without hair on, but she was on that stage and she was tearing up that stage with no hair on. It was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And it made me fall in love with drag immediately. Now, of course, I was always nervous to to be around the princess because, to me, she was royalty. She was the best of the best that Nashville had. The other queens were amazing, too, don't get me wrong, but she was my idol. And I wanted to be just like her in every single way. Well, I start performing, and she tips me one time while I was performing a share song. She caught me afterwards and said, I've heard so many things about you. I think you're extremely talented. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do share at this bar. And I think that you did a really good job. Also, I've worked with a share performer. So I can tell you that she would have enjoyed this as well. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks for the compliment. A couple months later, the promo for season four of RuPaul's Drag Race came out. 
and the princess was on there and she was with Chad Michaels, who is the best share impersonator in the entire world. So she just kind of gave me a nod that Chad Michaels may have liked my drag. Um, hello. I'll take that, please. Thank you. She didn't say that she would enjoy it to the point that she would tip me or anything like that. She just said that she would find it amusing. So I'm going to take that as a win for the rest of my life. Another queen that really affected my life was Sarah Andrews. Now, Sarah was very different from what she is now. Sarah is a trans woman, one of the most beautiful trans women in the world. And she is very pageanty or was. You see, she would come out in these long gowns, and she would do great songs, and then she started to get a little bit more into comedy, and doing skits and stuff, which I enjoyed as well. She was a funny person to be around, and I really enjoyed her company. Well, she decided to leave Tennessee, and she married the most amazing man in the entire world, from what I see online. She started a a great wig company called 1-800-WIG-TAKEOUT, which has this, like, cool, like, um wigs inside of to-go container type feel. It's really cool, and I suggest you go check out her wigs. She's not sponsored me at all. I've never even had one of her wigs, but she is fantastic. So I suggest anybody listening to this podcast, go check out 1-800-WIG-TAKEOUT. You can find them on every social media. But Sarah's really changed. Sarah Andrews is now just her name as a trans woman, but now she's Bitter Betty. She's this kind of like gothic rock chick who does a bunch of random different stuff with makeups and wigs and all this stuff. And she's really talented. She doesn't live in Tennessee. Like I said, I'm not really sure where she's at right now, but I'm telling you, if you get the chance to see Bitter Betty live, go check her out because she is one of the best queens I've ever met. And she's really down to earth. I was able to message her and ask her for tips all the time. And we'll get into that in a moment. But she was just really cool to be around. And I appreciate that she took the time to try to teach me to make hip pads. Sorry, I was terrible at it. But thanks for your time. Now, another queen that I always looked up to is Deception. Deception came kind of halfway through my drag career when I was working at Play Dance Bar. And I didn't really get to know her, you know, And on my 21st birthday, she gave me my first shot of tequila. And I'll always remember that because now I have a problem and I love tequila over everything else. But deception was a part of my life. She gave me compliments, told me things I could do to better my drag. Even when my drag was terrible, she still found something good in it, which I always appreciated. She was always a really good friend and she cared about me a lot. And I really appreciate the time that I had with her. The reason I want to bring her up as being one of the strongest people I've met during my drag career is she was diagnosed with cancer. I don't remember what the cancer was, but I know that she stopped performing, went through chemo, and she came back even stronger. And she's a boss-ass bitch, and I mean that for the exact term that it is. She is so cool, and I love her so much. She came through it successfully. She is a Dolly Parton impersonator, and she's really good. So if you get the chance... Find her online and go see her because Deception is one of the most amazing performers out there. So let's talk about the woman who gave me my chance, which is Nicole Ellington Dupre. She is a legend in the Tennessee scene. She has worked at Connections. She has done pretty much everything. She had an open stage on Sunday nights, which I joined. It was kind of her who... and 
you know, pushed all of us to be the performers that we are today. I know a lot of people that work with her and she has never been one of those queens who kind of got all into it's about me and where my career's going. She's always one of those queens that kind of helps people out. And I know on a personal level that I appreciate that. Another queen that is so amazing that I've only worked with a couple of times would be a queen by the name of Deranged. Now, she's really, really talented. She's so funny and she makes some of the best concepts that I've seen. She has this like really cool tie dress, which I don't think she has anymore because I think she either sold it or auctioned it, but it's literally a giant ball gown made out of nothing but old ties. And it's so cool. I think you can still find pictures online, but she's just somebody I wanted to mention because thanks to her, I got into the idea of doing comedy on some of my uh, skits and stuff like that. So I really appreciate her for, you know, going and creating something like that for younger queens like me that were trying to learn and, you know, become EOY uh, pioneers in the future, which is Entertainer of the Year, which I've never never entertained there or competed in, but EOY is pretty prestigious and she's won it. So uh, let's move on to... Somebody that doesn't get enough recognition, which is drag kings. I love drag kings. Drag kings have always been a big part of my career and a big part of my life. And one I want to mention is Soko Dupre. Now, Soko, I've known since I was 18 and I started doing drag. He has grown so much as a person uh, and a performer that I am just blown away every time that I see him. I've seen him do almost every single genre of music and drag, and he's so stupid talented. I've watched him win pageants. He's even competed in my pageant and won. He's just so crazy talented, and I don't think drag kings get enough of the spotlight, but he definitely deserves it because he's so crazy talented. And I want to talk about him a little bit more in the future uh, and maybe have him on the podcast as well. But Soko has been one of my really close friends, and I'm really proud of where he's come from, and he's inspired me a lot. So what made me want to do drag? Well, I started out by wanting a little bit of extra cash. So I went and bought a really cheap Halloween wig and borrowed my mom's clothes and some of her makeup and went to play and performed. I was trying to do this like tomboy girl aspect and it didn't work out. I kept coming back to their open stage nights that they had on Sundays. And it was actually kind of funny because when I first started coming, they made it a requirement that it was kind of like first come, first serve. So you had to show up early. Uh, The doors opened at nine. So I'd be there at seven and just play on my phone and listen to music and wait outside the door. I was one of the first people, which means there were more people there. But we would all sit there and wait patiently to be able to go inside, set up our tables and get ready to do the show. And we didn't get paid because it was open stage, but we would make tips. And I was making like one, two, maybe four dollars a night because I wasn't that good. I was kind of sloppy. I used basic makeup. You could kind of see a little bit of my five o'clock shadow. It was not cute. And that was my fault. And I take full responsibility for the way that I looked. But I continued to go through that route of doing open stages and perfecting my drag a little bit at a time. Well, 
I decided that doing the open stage was a little bit too much. So I decided to go work at a very small bar about an hour and a half away called Forbidden. Now, Forbidden was kind of in this warehouse. It was like this tiki bar. It was really kind of cool. And I would compete on their talent nights. If you won talent night, you were allowed to come back for uh, one of their other nights. But it was according to like the applause of the crowd. So I was super excited. I went the first time I didn't win. I had fallen and really hurt myself the first time. And then I started to really work on my craft and I got better and better. And I started winning some of the talent nights and it gave me this boost of, Hey, maybe you can really do this. Maybe you need to look into something more permanent. Well, the bar at the time wasn't looking for any new cast members. And I don't think I was liked as much in my head as I thought that they liked me. Um, there was a moment where I had gotten in trouble because I had done a lot of country numbers, but I was just trying to do something different, but I kind of got in trouble for it. So I haven't really been invited back to do drag there. So nothing against the bar. They just didn't like my aesthetic at the time. And I understood that. So I went ahead and moved on to another bar, which I went back to play dance bar and They had decided that instead of doing open stages, they were going to have permanent cast members called the Amateur Playmates. Well, I decided to try out, and I got in. And I was so blown away, because I knew I was okay, but I competed against a bunch of people, and some people didn't even make it on cast. So I got on cast, and I got to work with Sarah, and Deception, and Nicole, and they taught me a lot. They taught me how to do drag, and how to do it properly, and how to build hip pads. Thank you, Sarah. And all the amazing things that they taught me in the year that I worked there. Now, I auditioned twice, and I got in both times. But the third time I auditioned, I think I was just tired and worn out because I didn't make it. Um, They did tell me that the reason I didn't make it is because they had to give more people chances. And I understood that. You know, I'd worked there a year, and I was doing pretty well for myself. So I got how they needed to change it up and allow other people to come in. So I was happy to bow out. I took some time off and didn't really do any drag, but I kept studying and learning different makeup tips and decided to, you know, during that time, I had already went to cosmetology school, which we'll touch on another episode, but I was in cosmetology school. So it was a good break to kind of be like, and I'm not working here anymore. Let me concentrate on life. Well, I started getting a regular job and working, and that's when I decided, hey, maybe I want to do something back in drag. So I started looking at different bars and I found that there was a place called Social in Murfreesboro who was looking for people to do drag shows. So I reached out to the producer whose name was Mo and she was like, yeah, of course, show up. You know, we'd love to have you and see how this works out. And I went on like a trial basis where I came every so often and then they told me I was welcome to join cast. So I joined cast and I had a great time. I met a woman by the name of Janelle, who was a performer as well. And I fell madly in love with her. I thought she was so talented and she owned her own pageant system. And she had her pageant at the bar and I DJed and just had a really good time with it. But then it made me make a decision, which is I wanted to compete in pageants. You know, I'd competed in a pageant before, but I didn't do so well. So I decided that I didn't want to do them anymore. So I just kind of dropped out of it. 
Now, I do want to mention that I competed in that pageant against Jaden Dior Fierce, who went on later to be on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I lost to her, so I'm not mad about it. So, I decided that I was going to look into doing my own pageant system at that point instead of competing because I didn't want to compete, but I wanted to help people reach their dreams of being title holders. So, I started working at another small bar. It didn't last long. I think it was open for maybe two months, and then they just kind of went boop and just gave up. But I was working at this bar, and I decided that I wanted to open a pageant system through this bar called Ignite. Well, the bar went through, but two of the performers there, you know, they decided to move on to other stuff, and that's when I was given my title. I was working with Janelle, and she needed more people to represent her at pageants, And she picked me to be in her pageant. Now, I can't say what the name of the pageant is because it's now been taken over by another, like, group of people. So I can't really touch on that. It's copyright situation. A lot of lawyers and stuff got involved. So I'm not touching on that. But I did have an amazing title and I was super proud. Well, before we were supposed to start setting up to go do this pageant in California, Janelle passed away. And it was heartbreaking. When Janelle passed away, I didn't know what to do with myself. I had lost my promoter and, you know, the people who took over where she had left off didn't do a good job. So I immediately dropped out. I said, you know, I'll keep my small title and I won't get a national title and that's okay with me. But it left a place in my heart and I really wanted to do something else. So I decided to start a pageant called Elegant Exclusive. And yes, spelled wrong. It's spelled E-L-L. E-G-A-N-T, instead of, you know, without the extra L. So, the reason I called it Elegant Exclusive is it was built in the mind of Janelle. It was built to the point of being like, hey, we want to be something more than what we are. And that's what ended up happening. We opened that pageant, and I made it different from other pageants. Pageants can be kind of boring, so I made it a show pageant. Pretty much what it was is you would compete in four categories. In your four categories, of course, you had everything you would normally have, which is you would have an introduction. You were allowed to talk if you wanted to, but you would perform and make money at the same time. Then we had creative costume. Then we had evening wear. And then we had the talent portion. So it was like just going to a regular show. It wasn't very pageanty unless you wanted it to be. And some girls, their mixes, they simply just got up there, twirled around a couple times, and walked off stage and introduced themselves. And that was fine. But we had amazing performers come out. And it was so great to hand those four titles to those four amazing queens. And then, of course, I handed a title to Soko Dupre because he won the the Drag King pageant. So he won that title, and I was super happy to have him on board. But all of this was soiled really quick. See, we were working at a bar called Chameleons, and they allowed us to have the pageant there. We packed that bar, honey. When I say the night of the pageant, there was standing room only. I know that there was a queen that worked there that would post that we had standing room only. That was a lie. She took a picture of the bar, specifically where people were standing. But honey, there was only 10 to 20 people in that bar. But anyways, we're going to call this uh, performer Regret, because I regret ever working with her. And it's just a fact. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. It's just a fact. Well, 
Regret was one of my original title holders. And she said that the pageant was rigged because some girl lost and she got all upset about it and started posting on social media. And then her friend posted on social media and it just got out of hand. She lost because of the fact that we did fact checks on her interview and some of the facts weren't true. She said she was on certain billboard charts with a song that she had released. She had said things that weren't true, and I had to mark her off. Here's the thing. The pageant was simply for you to tell the truth during your interview, and it would help you out. So, I don't know. It was just one of those really weird things where we kind of went in a circle, and there was arguments done, and I lost interest in doing pageants at that point. Because as much as I wanted to continue and help people in Nashville to earn their first titles... I didn't want to deal with this anymore. It was so stupid. She made first runner up. And the only reason she lost was simply because of the fact that she lied. And if she wouldn't have done that, she would have been successful. Now, recently she's passed away and I feel for her family and any of her friends and any fans that stood behind her. I hope that she's now found peace. I dropped the pageant system. I quote unquote got fired from the bar by Miss Regret, but she didn't fire me. I quit before she could because she said she was going to sit down and talk to everybody and make a decision. Girl, you got mad because I upstaged you. I was able to book that bar and sell tickets at a higher rate than what you were doing. And all the performers got paid a good amount of money plus winning titles. Don't give me that. You wanted me out of the picture because I was a better promoter than you were. And I did really well. And that was the last time that I did drag. I went and worked with Soko Dupre on his open, on his uh, nights that he had at the bar. Um, And it was really cool to kind of have that opening where I could perform. But he ended up leaving the bar as well, which I'm not going to tell his story because that's not my job. But he ended up leaving that bar as well. I went on to watch Soko win two titles after that. And I've always been so proud of him. And he's one of my title holders. Venus Knight is one of my title holders, which if you want to see a queen that can really do well and could be on Drag Race if she chose to, she is the one. She's so stupid talented. All of our other title holders went on to do great things. So we picked the right people. You know, Veronica Electronica went on and I think she won a title somewhere else. And she does so many things around Nashville to help with the exposure of HIV and AIDS. She does great things. Uh, Anastasia, uh, who was one of our other title holders, she went on and won another title. I mean, the queens that won titles won titles because they earned them. There was no rigging or anything of that sort. People won titles because they earned them at the end of the day. And people just have to get over that and just deal with the fact that they didn't win. Anyways, so we had all these great performers. They did a great job. And I ended my drag career on a great note. Will I ever go back to doing it again? I don't know. I kind of got rid of a lot of my drag and put stuff up. But one thing that I did learn from drag is that I am really talented. I'm good at what I do, and I'm proud of the things that I can do. You know, we see everybody go on drag race now and compete and be super talented, and maybe someday that'll be something I do. But as of right now, life is just what it is. It's just life. I get to watch other people do drag, and I get to enjoy it, and I get to slightly judge a little bit, but it's all in good fun and love. But drag is what it is, 
it made my life really different. It helped my mom to come to terms with me being gay. Um, she went to all of my drag shows that she could. I had so many family members support the fact that I did drag and I made so many friends. I mean, my best friend Taylor, the whole reason I have her is because of drag. So I can't really complain about that. But I've learned a lot from drag and it's that I can be who I want to be and no one can judge me. And Miss October will live on forever being the amazing queen that she was. And nobody will take that away from me. With that being said, nothing is set in stone. It's your job to craft your future. Bye guys.